Welcome to Truman's Matrix, a podcast built around the craziest headlines around the world, a production of Digging Deeper Media, owned by Hale Multimedia, where you don't know who's watching who or who's controlling you. Okay, it is time for Truman's Matrix, and you know, Truman's Matrix is a collection of headlines from around the world that we feel like are the the craziest things going on, and uh, we usually try to come up with a subtitle of that, and tonight's subtitle is Russian Delusion. I came up with that, and uh, so I have some things that I want to read first, and this is why, this is, this is from an article called, Why Are Russia-U.S. Relations So Challenged Now? And so I'm going to read a few things there, and then we're going to get some input from the others here. And uh, then I will ask the question, the question I, my burning question for this segment. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to, to everyone's response later, but the question I'm going to ask I'm not going to give you right away. I didn't think you were. I'm not going to tell you. First, let's read. <laughs> All right? <laughs> well, I was going to ask you the question, but then you'll be thinking about it. So anyway, right. this is... you got to listen first. I, I wanted to know why the everybody is saying Russia, Russia, Russia. I want to know... Always, right. Why? I think it's something like the Brady Bunch, like Jan, Jan, Jan. There was like Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Yeah. So when, it's because it rhymes like Russia, Marsha. Oh, okay. So for the younger now kids out, out there, because when I was coming home, it was Brady Bunch after school. <laughs> it's like 3.30, you come home, we Nickelodeon. They're like Nick and Night, Nickelodeon, there's the Brady Bunch reruns. Yeah. And I'm not sure that Generation Hip Hop has all seen the Marsha, Marsha, Marsha episode. That's true. So if any of y'all out there do follow the news and, and have heard of Trump and Russia Gate and Hillary and email servers... And you just thought it was like, okay, Russia, Russia, Russia. Like, you didn't know why they wrote the headline that way. Mm-hmm. It's a Brady Bunch episode. It is. Or it's there's all, two of them. We're stuck in it. We're stuck in it. Russia, Russia, Russia. Mar- Marsha, Marsha, Marsha is the oldest girl. Mm. And then Jan, Jan, Jan is the middle girl. <laughs> right. Okay, can we get off my article? Yes, get off with your article. <laughs> Talk about challenging. Uh, why are U.S. Russia relations... So challenging. This is by Angela Stent. Okay, and so first of all, this I can pretty much already by reading it, I could find out that it's a liberal slant. You know, when you read enough, you've been in the news for a while, you know where the slants are. You can just read this right away, (laughs) and you'll catch it here in the second sentence. The first sentence is an opinion, second sentence is just crap. Okay, let's get started. (laughs) (laughs) This is Russian delusion. It's Truman's Matrix. Welcome aboard. The United States' relationship with Russia is today the worst that it has been since 1985. 1985. So I was kind of curious what... Wait, was that better in 1985 or is the worst since? Was it bad in 85? I mean... Whatever she said. What happened in 1985? Reagan was playing golf in Russia... And he like kicked the ball from out of the weeds. <laughs> Gorbachev got pissed. This was a big yes. Gorbachev or Yeltsin, somebody. And, and, and then he built an extra segment of the wall, and then, and then Reagan told him 
Gorbachev, tear, tear down, down that, that wall. Right? <laughs> so you're, this is before like start one and start two like missile treaties. I don't know, but let's keep going here. This is sentence one. <laughs> sentence two. <laughs> Moscow's interference in the 2016 U.S. presidential election and what appears to be its continuing attempts to affect the 2020 election campaign have made Russia a toxic domestic issue in a way that has not been since the 1950s. Okay, there you go. It's Russian collusion delusion. Russian collusion delusion, yes. They're saying that Moscow interfered in the 2016 presidential election. That's why Hillary didn't win. That's why Hillary didn't win. Because Russia. We all knew that. <laughs> we all knew that's why Hillary didn't win. He they stole wanted the country bumpkin to make America weak. Mm. You know, Trump stole the election from Hillary. Everyone knows that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Whatever. then... The annexation of Crimea and the launch of an ongoing war in southeastern Ukraine played its support, plus its support for Syria's Assad in a brutal civil war, and for Maduro, have raised tensions in the United States. It's so easy to pick this apart. It's so freaking easy. Hillary Clinton is Secretary of State. What did she do with all of those situations? She was the Secretary of State during the Obama years, Mm-hmm. And she was always starting revolutions. She was the one who would start the riots against the world leaders right. to destabilize the regions. She has a great record of that. Obviously, one of them was in 2014, and there were a couple of them, actually several around that like time. Like when the Soviets supported Martin Luther King to destabilize us. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Maduro thrown out. Assad, eh. But Ukraine, it's been a war since... See, they just admitted in that sentence right there that there's been an ongoing war in southeastern Ukraine. What do you mean, Assad? She didn't do anything. The Soviet support for Assad kept him from becoming another Saddam Hussein. No, I'm saying that Hillary didn't do anything to specific specific to Assad. Oh, that was she didn't found ISIS. That comes later, (laughs) right? Maybe, Maybe. really. I think I think she let. uh, Oh. Take care of that. Yeah. So anyway, Mom. so then the rest of the uh, President Trump came into office, and See, he was he was determined to improve ties with Russia. He wanted you know right Russian collusion right. So oh, President Trump wanted a better relationship with Russia. What's so wrong with that? But the rest of the executive branch and the U.S. Congress had pursued tough policies towards Russia the way they should have, imposing uh-huh. rafts of sanctions and expelling diplomats. The U.S. National Security Strategy, that must be some group with a fancy name, declares Russia and China the top two threats to U.S. national security. At the best of times, U.S.-Russia ties are a mixture of cooperation and competition, but today they are largely adversarial. Well, I wonder why. And we have so much evidence pointing to why we have just attacked Russia in so many ways and put them down, and yet... I. It's, it's, it's like if Nevada and Arizona had little uh, bazookas and you said you know the small little mortars uh-huh. and were like you know doing mortar attacks against California because of water rights. Mm-hmm. So the the article I'm bringing the Russo-Japanese War was fought between the Empire of Japan and the Russian Empire during 1904 and 1905. 
over rival imperial ambitions in Manchuria and the Korean Empire. So, you're going back to a 2014 uh, invasion of Crimea, and I'm taking this before World War One that Japan and Russia both have interests in East Asia. So, so where you have the this common story of Hitler takes over Czechoslovakia and Austria and Poland. Mm-hmm. So now we have Russia wanting to take Korea and Japan wanting to take like half of China, right? Japan. That was in the 1904-1905, right? Right. That's what you're saying? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if the U.S. wants to sell Ford and GM and Boeing instead of Airbus in these parts of Asia, now Russia, as a strong industrialized power, is a competitor to the Anglo-American international uh, rail polity. Yeah, that's very similar to what they were saying in this article that basically... The main threat that Russia, the, the main thing, first of all, there was something that they did to Hillary that set this whole thing off. They sent her an email, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they washed that off with a cloth. Yeah, they washed it. <laughs> no, no, because Hillary, Hillary, like, ha- she answered her email from home instead of from the White House one day, and so this meant that her password had been leaked to the Russians, and and you know, so the Republicans were trying to impeach Obama. Because Hillary had a private email server. Not quite. (laughs) There have been a couple of periods where U.S.-Russia relations have been pretty good. However, relations began to sour when Putin returned to the Kremlin in 2012. Remember, he went from being prime minister to president, right? He was president, then prime minister, and then he came back to president. So... This is how this article frames this. Listen to this. I'll try to read it objectively here. Relations began to sour when Putin returned to the Kremlin in 2012, convinced that Hillary Clinton had been behind the demonstrators who had protested his return to power. There were big protests about him coming back. Yet he was democratically elected actually by a high popular vote, supposedly. And when you see how bad things are now under his successor and you would still oppose eight more years of Obama Obama king forever this is what people demanded that Putin would make Russia strong and to go out in the streets as some puppet of Hillary Clinton and say oh this is anti-democracy oh year nine of Putin Mm -hmm. and this means that we're back to the stone ages Mm -hmm. so of course these kids should be thrown in jail Mm -hmm. So there was a riff here going on. So it's between Clinton and Putin because Clinton stirred up a revolution and it didn't work because Putin took power, but he found out that she was trying to stir up the coup. So the next year, Putin granted political asylum to one of our favorite people. Uh, did, Did he change his name? No, he's the same guy and everybody knows him by it. Uh, Ed, Ed, Edward, Edward Snowden. Snowden. He's. I think he's Assange's friend. Ah, uh, nice. Well, he was the disgruntled NSA contractor. And he had. Of to, he has to go to Hong Kong, 
Right. And he went to Hong Kong first, and, and then Putin rescues him Russia. from Hong Kong. Right. Because he, the U.S. would have kidnapped him or assassinated yes, him if he tried because, to get to Brazil. Because Putin dissed Obama and canceled that opportunity to give him back and his summit with him. <laughs> he dissed Obama. But that doesn't mean that that Snowden was a tool of Russia the whole time. No, no, it never well, he was. was. At, he that was, was just acting on his own as right. a whistleblower. Yep. Right. But he... Uh, Putin used it to goad yeah, Clinton he's, and he's our Obama. man abroad, like a Snowden in exile as a critique of the U.S. After about the first six months, like he seems to have limited information or something, right? There was a time when, when he wasn't putting out his interesting stuff. Yeah. But now... He was now, holding on to it, tight-fisted. He was tight-fisted about it. But, so... That is why, right there, Snowden, that is the key. That is why everything is Russia, Russia, Russia right now. They're mm-hmm. all pissed that Putin saved Snowden. Yep, no, because they no, gave him all the secrets. It's surprising that He's got all the this dirt. pro-Soviet, um, the old left that was pro-communist during World War II, that they stay pro-communist for so long. Yes, is is the real surprising story that, that they're it, against Russia, who's communist? Right, because yeah. I mean, I I thought you were introducing the segment as why were they even our friends or our enemies under Reagan? Was that a fake arms race in order to you know uh, have an arms economy in both countries? So I'm mm. I'm reading articles back to we're going to be in 1970 and who gets to sell missiles to Iran? Who gets to supply South Africa and Kenya, and now we're going to have a liberation movement in Kenya, in, in all British Africa, mm-hmm. right? And in mm-hmm. India. And it's who, who's selling the arms for these conflicts? And then I thought your position was this, just the crass, uh, you know, who's making money from the arms sales. Mm. And we're just going to take that as one of the many interests involved in this geopolitical puzzle that is uh, U.S.-Russian relations. No, my question was much simpler. What has Russia done to us? U.S. What has Russia done to us over the course of history? Well, so at, at, at this, at this same Japanese time, when we, when we have them competing with the Japanese, <clears throat> we've just gone to Hawaii, and we've gone to the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And Spain is in the Philippines from, like, Christopher Columbus... Up until 1850, it's like a 400 year or 600 year. Hmm. Okay, so this is this is part of the influence of this. This isn't even neo-colonialism. Yet. This is old school colonialism of the European Americans. Do I hear you just saying that it, they were competitive? They were just kind of getting too. They were wanting to have too much influence, and Russia's another like naval power that competes with England. Because that's what this said is that. The United States didn't want Russia to get too much power, and Russia didn't want the United States to get too much power. Sounds mm-hmm. like a mutual agreement there that we both wanted others to be kind of involved in things, not just two big powers. We, we decided right. that uh, we were going to make lots of consumer goods what? instead of having war with each other. Right. So, uh, so what, what was wrong with that agreement? What was wrong with the Cold War 
Well, it was wrong with the fact that they backed off when they were in Florida and they could have bombed us easily in Miami. At the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, they could have easily done that and he backed off. Why have they been so restrained? How, why has Putin showed so much restraint with all the propaganda and the false misinformation, all that bad news that's going out about the fact that they just invaded Ukraine when we just read three different times this has been going on since 2014. Everybody knows that. The Russians inside of Ukraine are the ones that are killing Ukrainians because it's a civil war that's been going on since 2014. Yeah. So yeah. this whole thing is fake news about Ukraine over there and finally faded away. Finally kind of left the news cycle. We got Amber Heard and Johnny Depp to <laughs> take over the news cycle. Didn't we? That was a good deal. Made her pay. Well, I understand that they've taken a major <clears throat> railroad junction this week. Where? In Donetsk. like Or Donetsk and Luhansk yes, are both yeah, something. firmly in Russian hands now. Yes, Russian or Russian interest in Ukraine. Because the eastern block of Ukraine was Russian. The western block up against this way was Ukrainian, and that's what caused the conflict because there's been a Russian-Ukrainian. Did you know this? Just by coincidence, did you know that the original guy who was in there before Yanukovych, Yanukovych, Yanukovych was there before uh, this Zelensky, right? He made a rule that on February 25th, all Ukrainians who are choosing to speak Russian in public will be executed. You can no longer speak Russian in Ukraine as of the 25th of February. Well, Putin didn't want Russians, the Russian Christians, who wanted to, the Ukrainian Russian Christians, who wanted to speak Russian, killed just because they wanted to speak their native language. He knew that those, that those people were going to get wiped out. So on the 24th, that's when he supposedly invaded. He went to stop the action against them where they were going to kill their own people. And this has been going on since 2014. Uh, I've got something from 2012. Yeah, even, late, even earlier. Russia boosts arms sales to Syria despite world pressure. I see. You sent that to me. What was that? Okay. Explain from, from Reuters. Okay. And it's... Uh, the Got reporter it. went to Moscow and Beirut for this one. So they, uh, they burned some uh, airline miles. Yeah. Russia faces a growing international outcry over its arms sales to Syria, but shows no sign of bowing to pressure and has even increased delivery of arms that critics say are helping keep President Bashar al-Assad in power. Okay, so it kept him in power. Uh, this is another eight years later. And if Russia can give someone guns and missiles and defense systems so that the president can stay the president and not be overthrown by the U.S. or by ISIS or whoever created or backed ISIS then that's a bad thing. If the mm -hmm. U.S. can't have 100% complete, absolute power to do what it wants, you know, everywhere on the globe, and so no matter what uh, kind of foil Putin is being, uh, just that he 
has any kind of independence. And this week was a big change in this story um, that they're not going to allow insurance to be sold on Russian oil as a cargo on mm-hmm. ocean-going vessels. Ah. And so they are hardening mm-hmm. the, uh, the sanctions. And, and we saw what 20 years of sanctions did to the Iraqi people after the first Gulf War. From 92 until the baby Bush invasion, <laughs> Iraq is under sanctions and people can't trade with them. So the attacks of the West on the Russian people and the attempted encirclement and expansion of NATO and offensive missiles being placed by the U.S. on Ukrainian soil, Mm -hmm. there was a red line there. Mm -hmm. And and Putin was provoked into this. Right, and the other thing... the agreement that the United States made to not expand NATO past, uh, what, 14 nations, however many it was, and we're already over that, and, and we're trying to get right up next to Russia. And you know, NATO was formed specifically for, to fight Russia, to fight communism. It's because Russia, NATO was formed during Harry S. Truman. It was the Truman Doctrine. Actually, the Truman Doctrine. Is this Truman's Matrix? Yes, it is. It was the Truman Doctrine. And it was signed on almost like April something. It wasn't April 1st, but close to that. Truman signed a document that helped form NATO that said, if Russia advances communism, we're all going to attack them. If they it, go past like anywhere uh, in the Romania, world. they were well, allowed. If, if they advance communism anywhere, anyhow, we have authority to move together as a unit and attack. But, but first he's given Eastern Europe. Well, you know, all those things are muddled and broken, but that was the Truman Doctrine. The original Truman Doctrine was no advancement of communism anywhere, and it was aimed at Russia, and that was what NATO was formed over. That agreement. They were all formed to be anti-Russian. So maybe in my segment, when I'm asking, what did Russia do to us? That was my, ba- my big burning question. What has Russia done to us? Well, why did everybody have to form NATO? Why did we have to have the Truman Doctrine? What, what caused the Truman Doctrine to be formed? I, maybe I need to dig deeper on that, because I knew the anniversary, but I don't know the reason. It was 19... Was it 30-something? Truman, 38? Let me do some research real quick. Are what, you not on that right now? What do you think? I'll check it right now. Oh, wait. Was this segment we, not on the air? We're on live, yeah. All right, I'm asking you, I'll do some research okay, while you I'll, keep talking. I'll cover for you while you do some research real yeah, quick. That's what you're here for, co-host. Citing <laughs> the increased violence, Arab and Western countries have started hinting that they could arm Assad's opponents a move that some political and defense analysts say could increase the possibility of civil war. Moscow accuses the West of being one-sided and says the arms it sells have not been used by Assad loyalists to kill 7,000 people. So we're going to hear this same story every two or three weeks for the last 50 years. Somebody's going to be wanting to sell guns and missiles and tanks and planes and technology to Iran and somebody sells it to Iraq. 
One side sells it to India, one side sells it to Pakistan. You're going to have the regime in uh, Burma, you're going to have North and South Korea. And so what they've done to us is if they sell 10 guns, now I get to sell 11. Okay, so I found the official Truman Doctrine. Finally. Now we can dig deeper. All right. That's what I'm talking about, partner. And it really was. Everybody is basically saying the same thing here. The Truman Doctrine, also known as the Policy of Containment, was President Harry Truman's foreign policy that the U.S. would provide political, military, and economic aid to democratic countries under the threat of communist influences in order to prevent the expansion of communism. So they were afraid of Russia. So what happened prior to that that scared them to death and thought that they needed to, they're so scared of communism, they needed to all band together? We'll find out. And we only have two minutes left in this segment, so we might have to dig into good old Truman another night because this was Russian delusion. And Truman could be a whole story of his own, don't you think? We got two minutes? This is this is wrap up the Russia story, huh? Actually, no, we don't have to because we're going to go just a little bit long tonight uh, because we have just a little bit of time before our third segment starts. Andy will be back in the studio here shortly. So we could continue on with this Truman Doctrine and find out more about it. All right, I've got the Russian arms sale to Iran and their inconsequences in in the parentheses on Russian-Israel military-industrial relations from 2018. Over the last few decades, one of the most peculiar developments in the Middle East has been the close relationship forged by Russia and Israel. Since the restoration of their diplomatic ties, both the political and economic relations between the two countries have taken off on a strong footing. While cooperation in the field of energy has been a cornerstone of the Israeli-Russian partnership, strengthening developing military ties has indeed revealed itself a major focus as regards their military-industrial complexes. In a nutshell, the technical cooperation schematically allows Russia to acquire advanced Israeli technological devices such as drones, logistics management software, covert surveillance, and electronic espionage equipment, etc., in order to equip its heavy military supplies such as armored fighting vehicles, fighting aircraft, attack helicopters, and warships, modernizing its own capabilities and upgrading its export portfolios as it goes through the process. Conversely, this trade activity provides Israeli arms and the technological manufacturers with opportunities to conquer new, hard-to-access markets in the military procurement sector. So... When we see this week that Israel refuses to transfer some of its missiles to the Ukraine, they may be not trying to make Russia mad. Mm. And if they had done that to help the U.S.'s ally and help the poor Ukrainians, then does the Soviet Union, does Russia, does Putin send suicide bombers? What does he do? Does he not buy cauliflower? How does he retaliate against poor little Israel? So before we read today's headline and say, 
you're a bad guy. You didn't support the nice Zelenskyites <clears throat> in their quest to save democracy. Hmm. Good point. So, I'm I'm taking it back to an arms trade, and mm. people are, are making money and. Wow, so, we are definitely going to have to get uh, another conversation on Israel and Mossad and arms trade and all that stuff with you at another date. We're definitely no, this, is, this is the Russia, Russia, Russia. We, we told the people that we were going to finally give them the truth on Russia, Russia, Russia. And it's all and, about the Israeli arms trade? Uh, Maybe? I, I wanted to take it a little bit away from the election story and... And really oh, it's take not a the election. We know that. Yeah, yeah. We're all in agreement here on this channel that uh, it, Russia did not change the outcome of the election in 2016. Trump kicked Hillary's butt. Period. Are Are they trying to say that that they helped pay the salary of these people <clears throat> that went to the drop boxes 2000 no, times? That's, no, that was in 2020. Okay. Okay, that was 2020 news. No, in 2016. It's just a fictitious story saying that Russia hacked into the computers, and that's so they're why. not saying that the twelve thousand mules were like from the highlands of Cuba, and they came in. They're Democrat voters. I don't think so. I don't think they're saying anything. Okay. They're actually their their story changes all the time, and so you know that whole election fraud thing is just garbage. That was why it was fun to listen to. Uh, Mo Brooks, yes, Mo Congressman Brooks. Mo Brooks. This is an exclusive here with the commentary about it on Digging Deeper. That's right. And this is the kind of hard-hitting, insightful segments that bring the people back week after week. That's right. And, and the uh, color commentary as well. And <laughs> I want to I thank Brian and Andy and the team here for all the hard work you guys do. And really are bringing something to the body. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, we do wonder why and how we put so many hours into this, but then we just can't stop. It's, it's like a pattern or a cycle. We just can't stop bringing the truth. Well, I know a lot of people are just consuming this many hours of media. And to be able to give a Christian worldview on the news of the week I know a lot of us appreciate it and we can turn on our Christian radio we can turn on some of the religious broadcasting channels and uh, there's something special that we get from Brian and Andy and we appreciate you guys uh, coverage of the events of the day thank you very much sometimes it might not sound too Christian because we go a little bit off on the deep end but if you stay grounded you don't have to be perfect you just have to realize that you're forgiven for your sins once and for all and that means past, present, and future so you don't have to be perfect you can be an imperfect person and still go to heaven so if you want to know more about that segment 4 is the one you need to hang on for right now before we close out Truman's Matrix I did find the reason why the Truman Doctrine was was initiated by Truman. In 1947, in February, the British had told Truman that they could no longer afford to keep British troops in Greece. And this made Truman fear the spread of communism over to Greece. From Turkey? 
from like well, Yugoslavia. No, from Russia, probably Russia, Russia, Russia. Let's take a look. From oh, the Greek people would just vote for communism it's once the British troops left. Communism in Greece. Yeah. By 1946, Greece wasn't yet communist. In 1947, they said, we can no longer afford these troops. What two reasons did Truman want to rebuild European economies? To give USA trading partners, and a strong economy would make communism seem less attractive. Seem less attractive. So how much money do you think the USA gave Greece? Fifty-seven billion over six months. Yeah, how about four hundred million is all? Why did the USA give money to Greece? Because it's the birthplace of democracy, and once uh, we've achieved the communist revolution there, then it will, you know, free the proletariat around the world. Yeah, that was pretty close. I would say that was the top answer. But another one they gave was uh, the money would go towards anti-communist groups. To help uh, the policy, the, towards the policy of containment. Policy of containment, that was the policy that basically started NATO. It sounds a lot like McNamara's uh, like domino theory, but I guess this is like 15 years before that. You know, it's interesting because you might have just described this next question. It says, what was the consequences? What was the consequence of the Truman Doctrine? And this word, I don't know this word. Do you know this word? Common form. C-O-M-I-N, like common form. One word. C-O-M-I-N-F-O-R-M. Common form. Well, I, I think you mentioned the foundation of NATO earlier. So this might, this is guess one. Is this like a, like a pre-nascent? Yeah. It basically ended the period of isolationism in America, whereby America said they wouldn't get involved in international relations. And that's garbage because... It sounded like you were saying common core. I think that's where they... Yeah, common form or common core. That's where your local school board doesn't have absolute authority over what you teach the children in your community anymore. Right, right. The common form, yeah. That was March of 1947. That's basically where they repeal the Stamp Act that had freed us from the tea tax and were put back under the Queen of England again. Oh, really? Yeah, the common form. See? Oh. Tell me more. Do you know well, more about Well, it's... You're, you're going back a little earlier like to... the British type style? Uh, I, I don't know if it's a civil war or when, like, we're supposed to have defaulted on our debt. And so the, so the United States Corporation that you're going back to uh, the Declaration of Independence, that kind of gets dissolved by the U.S. going bankrupt sometime, right? I, I don't know if it's World War One or when, when they're saying this. It's way before Nixon closes the gold window. Okay. That, the, oh. that whoever the bondholders were on those debt payments then kind of takes possession and every the form of the courts that you see after that is just uh, puppets to entertain the enslaved masses here in North America. Wow. You know what? (laughs) The Truman Doctrine essentially meant giving money and weapons to enemies of the USSR. The Marshall Plan 
was an attempt to get all of Europe in debt to the USA and allow the Americans to dominate it, to dominate Europe. The American view was that the Truman Doctrine was stopping the continuing spread of communism. <sighs> wow. We could go on and on about this Truman Doctrine. After all, this is the Truman's Matrix. It's really funny because <clears throat> as we get ready to close out this segment, did you have any other final thoughts before we close it out? You know, tune in next week. Uh, I I know that we have many fans here of the Truman's Matrix <coughs> segments. Mm -hmm. And thank you, yes. guys. And we do have uh, more to come in this same vein of thought. And I know that the people are excited for next week's episode. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. <clears throat> it's always crazy on Truman's Matrix. The thing that happened this week in the library with my son, so we're getting ready to turn in a library book. He'd had it for a couple weeks because it was really good. And there were actually some conspiracy theories in there, right? So uh, he was going to turn it back in, and then he was... In my homeschool, you got done with a book every three days. What's just keeping one book for two weeks? It was too good. There were like was, eight different conspiracies. This sounds like yeah, he's, yeah, he's doing like a hundred page report a big, Yeah, it was a big one. Yeah, it was a big one. He didn't do a report, but we were looking at it. And the what he was looking at, he, he hadn't seen before because he'd read some of the other stories because they're pretty big, and, and he hadn't read this particular chapter. And as we were pulling into the parking lot of the library to turn the book in... He's finally <laughs> reading it. Finally flipping through it before he takes it back. No, no, he had before, but at this point, he just opened a book. At that moment, as we're getting ready to go into the library, you know, pull into the library parking lot, and it opened to Truman's show. The actual Truman show. The, the movie. Truman show, the movie, yes. So this is like a art history? This is like a Hollywood book? No, it's, it's a conspiracy book. Conspiracy book. Yeah. Yeah, it's about, you know... Is this Jim things. Carrey? That's, that's... That's who that's plays who Truman? That's in it, right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because the there, were, there were two that came out that same year. Isn't there another movie that's like basically the same as the Truman Show? Oh, I don't know. No. Was there? Let us know in the comments below if there's another show that's resembling the Truman Show. And we combined the Matrix with the Truman Show to be Truman's Matrix. That's where we got that. That's Keanu Reeves. I remember that. He's like a surfer okay, and right. he wears a Nixon mask. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm not a crook. Right? Okay, okay. The right. Matrix, right? And he meets Samuel L. Jackson and they plug their heads into a machine or something. Because the brain manufactures energy, right? With every thought. Oh, we got to have good vibes and good energy, man. You're always bringing that here on Digging Deeper. Right, yeah. We don't bring the adrenochrome, we bring the good vibes. So, was The Matrix a show about adrenochrome? I, I no, that was that Monsters, Inc. Okay, Monsters, that was Inc. Monsters, Inc. Monsters, yeah. Inc. is like six months before Cube, but it's on, It's part of the same, like, attacking the adrenochrome industry. I, I cannot believe the absolute unbelievable truth and resemblance, and just absolutely, like I said, hard truth, folks. If you don't know that, if you haven't seen the Disney movie or actually it was Pixar movie they go they Monsters go into these children's scene. room and make them scream and catch the scream and this gives energy yes yes they they capture the fright or the adrenochrome that's manufactured when the fright when the child is frightened so so you're saying if my that's kid is choosing between the Monsters Inc DVD and the Shrek DVD which one do I put in the big green guy the green, the green, big green fella. Kids are going to be traumatized <clears throat> by seeing Monsters, Inc. Uh, 
Not necessarily, but... More traumatized than Shrek. If your kid's already scared of Shrek. It's not a matter of them being traumatized. It's a matter of them being eaten. And like Joe Biden said, you know, one time on a... Getting off of an airplane or getting ready to talk to the media. The reporter asked him just an innocent question about what the Democrats felt was going to happen. And he, and he came back to her and he said, Do all Republicans think we're drinking the blood of children? That's what he said Biden to the reporter, yeah. And she said, No, no, President, sir, I was asking, and he walked away. Well, I think when uh, Trump was uh, in Washington, I think he's gone back to New York now, but... He said, no, no, people that were critical of him, right? Before they said, oh, he won't let some judge out there on some island somewhere. Mm. Suddenly the Democrats think that a Hawaiian federal judge can't make the law. Because the Hawaiian federal judge does the, the Muslim ban, saying that Somalia does not have a functioning passport control system to say if these people are terrorists or not before they come here. Mm-hmm. And and Trump says that Hawaii is one of the 50 states even though it's not in the lower 48. Mm. And when people would attack him when he had the greatest jobs, the lowest black unemployment mm-hmm. in the history of the South. Mm-hmm. And they used to work for free. And they had lower unemployment under President Trump. When things were going great, they would attack him mm-hmm. by saying, kids in cages, children yeah. in cages. Yeah, and this yeah. was in, repeated on something called The View. Mm-hmm. And whatever whatever confused people <clears throat> watched. You're right. And... Then in QAnon, we hear about kids in cages underground being traded for adrenochrome. And to whatever degree you believe the story of kids in cages at the border because mean old Trump, and it's all stopped now that Biden's in. I don't think we detain people anymore. It's catch and release again. Mm -hmm. And they're not caught by traffickers and put in cages in motels all over this country. But when we're seeing these images of kids in cages, it's the manifestation of our subconscious knowledge of all of the abortions in America every year and every year and every year and every year and every year from 1970, whatever. How many years of Roe are we overturning this year? Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a really tough position on that turning it over thing that we did an entire segment on that and that's going to backfire in a lot of ways not not in the ways you might think on the surface we'll have to get into that later because we need to probably move on this segment uh before too long here uh but you have some really good points and we want to continue this with your co-hosting if you're available because you've really added to the program so i really appreciate that uh if you're interested in the truth about adrenochrome, we do have that podcast available on Digging Deeper. 
and I believe it is episode 126, but I'm checking the podcast number now. We are over 560 episodes. Shocking truth is 113. And we're over 560 live listeners right now, and we know that many more of you do listen to us later on the download, and you time shift us, and we want to say a big shout out today to all of the truckers. Thank you to all of our drivers out there that choose us as one of your podcasts for Out There on the Road, and we just thank you for making us part of your day and part of your week here. All right, guess so. With that, we'll go ahead and close out Truman's Matrix and listen to a little bit of music and a break here and a couple of advertisements on who actually supports this program. On digging, digging deeper, 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 deeper. And that's going to do it for this edition of Truman's Matrix, a podcast built around the craziest headlines around the world, a production of Digging Deeper Media, owned by Hale Multimedia. You can find Digging Deeper with Brian Hale on your favorite podcast network or visit all of our podcasts under one roof at diggingdeeper.us. And one more thing. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.